Let's pray together. Father, help us to dwell in your shelter so that we may find rest in your shadow. Almighty God, help us for these moments to be still in our souls and to know in our heart of hearts that you alone are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. It's been a great weekend. Uh, I uh, coached my first volleyball game yesterday, and uh, the other parents uh, didn't sign up, so I finally did. It was a waiting game, and uh, they outweighed me, so I signed up, and uh, oh my, oh my. Our, our team needs a better coach, that's all I'm going to say. But I saw some of our kids there, and uh, it was just, it's great, you know. Who knew I'd be, uh, have this new connection uh, uh, in these uh, later days of my life to uh, coach girls volleyball. It's a lot of fun. So something within us uh, needs, wants to rescue. I know that because I was just driving up Tallowood Drive yesterday afternoon, coming home from the volleyball game uh, to the church here, and I saw this little... Uh, post on the sign there, somebody had written, Lost, Yorkshire Terrier. Did you see that? Um, That that little sign there posted all along Tallowood Drive, somebody has lost their dog. And I was reminded that uh, this week, uh, our our son Chase came home and he came inside and he said, there's a dog in our front yard. And um, so we took a family vote and we voted four to one to rescue the dog. Our dog was the only one who voted against. And so... Chase went out, but it turns out the dog didn't want to be rescued, and so it ran away from him, and he chased it all the way down the block and around the corner and then back up the bayou back toward our house, and we opened the back gate, and seeing friendly faces, this little dog, whom we came to know as Kiki, came in, and so we cared for Kiki greatly in the 20 minutes that we knew her, and um, it wasn't long after Kiki came in the house and our dog was pitching a fit that there was a a doorbell ring, and... um, and uh, the man across the street said, I think your son chased my dog the length of the street. And I, do you have my dog? And so we gave the dog back. And, and it just reminded me of that guy who posted the sign in the local newspaper, Lost Dog, three-legged, blind in one eye, missing an ear, broken tail, answers to the name Lucky. Doesn't sound very lucky, does it? And uh, in the Bible, there's a man named Lucky, no kidding. And uh, he was instrumental in Paul's ministry. So I want to tell you about him today. The Greek word for fortuitous or lucky is the name Tychicus. Would you open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 to 22. Let's uh, stand together as we read the word of God. We've been studying Ephesians together. We have this week and next week in Ephesians And then we'll prepare our hearts for Easter with uh, our Holy Week services, starting with Palm Sunday, Uh, great music, dedicating a hymn book that night of Palm Sunday, Um, great things in store. Let's read the Word of God together. Ephesians 6, verse 19, follow with me. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, 
will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Thank you. You may be seated. Pray for me. Do you ever say that? Pray for me. We ask for prayer. We, we offer to pray for people. And the Apostle Paul was not afraid to ask for prayer. He had a relationship with these people in Ephesus. He had lived there and ministered among them for, for uh, three years. And, and uh, it's interesting that in a, a letter to a group of people that he knows well, his name and one other name are the only two names that are mentioned in the letter. This is not characteristic of Paul. Think about the end of Romans where in chapter 16 there is this long list of names. And he never even lived in Rome, but he knows all these people. But perhaps the reason why Paul doesn't mention more names is because he is, after all, sending Tychicus. And Tychicus is going to tell them all about it and bring personal greetings to each and all of them. And Tychicus has a special mission. He's going to ask the people of God in Ephesus to pray for Paul specifically. He's going to share, because what Paul knows is what we need to know, that nobody can accomplish the Christian mission alone. We know famous Christians like Paul and John, but there are some unsung heroes in the Bible. Paul mentions 80 of these people in his letters, Tychicus, four different times. It's interesting that we don't know him better, isn't it? But what we know about Tychicus is that he was a beloved brother. He was a faithful servant, and he apparently accomplished his mission as a mailman in the first century church, it was his job to get not only the letter to the Ephesians, but the letter to the Colossians, and we believe the letter to Philemon as well. He took those letters. Phoebe does that with the letter to the Romans, but they accomplished their mission, and I know that because here you and I are 2,000 years later studying the book of Ephesians because it was delivered the first time so that it was incorporated into Scripture, so that you and I would be able to study the Word of God together. And I was wondering, who is the Tychicus in your life? Who is the beloved brother or sister? Who is the faithful servant who is simply doing the will of God? Or are you that person to whom are you Tychicus? To whom do others see you as a fortuitous friend, as they're lucky to have you as a friend because of your faithful service to the Lord? When I read the book of Ephesians, I'm reminded that, that not only Tychicus, but in our lives there are unsung heroes, maybe not known to anybody else, but well-known to God who serve the Lord well. Here's what happens Christianity is about relationships. You accept Christ and you find that you have a heavenly father, but you also find that you are surrounded by people who love the Lord, just as I am this morning, sort of 360, surrounded by people. The minute you become a Christian, whether or not you know it, there are other followers of Christ who stand ready to serve alongside you. And the truth is, we need every one of them, even the unsung Heroes who sing the song of the one hero of us all, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Tychicus' job was to make sure that the people in Ephesus knew Paul well. 
Because relationship is about knowledge. And just two thoughts this morning. If I can just be simple without being simplistic. If we know each other better, we will be able to pray for each other. If we know each other better, we will be able to encourage each other. Tychicus' job was to make Paul's story known. He says, he will tell you how I am. He will tell you what I'm doing. He will tell you everything about me so that you can pray for me, so that I will have courage, so that I will have clarity in my ministry, so that the word of God will go out. He's going to make me known to you. And the truth is, we need to be in a community where we know each other by name, where somebody in this family knows us because at some point in our lives, there will be a point at which we need somebody to rejoice with us or to weep with us. And that's why we need each other. We need community. We live our, our lives, Samuel Taylor Coleridge said, in the shelter of each other. We need relationships. And Paul had these 80 that he mentioned by name. Tychicus four times. Um, The book of Acts, Luke mentions him in chapter 20, verse 4 as well, and tells us that he was from Asia. And what we find is that Tychicus was faithful to this task. And so to pray for each other well, we have to live life together. And we have to listen to each other. The Lord said it was not good for man to live alone. Recently I saw that there had been 186 studies of 300,000 people over three decades. And here's what they discovered, that people who do not live in relationship with each other are 50% more likely to die at an early age. That if you have community and fellowship with other people, that you will live on average 3.7 years longer. Physically, we need relationship with each other. But more than that, We have to learn to listen to each other. I've been reading that big tome by Metaxas on Bonhoeffer. And Bonhoeffer in his little book, Life Together, says that you and I need to live life together. He didn't learn life together in the churches where he was growing up in Germany so much. But when he came to the United States to study at Union Seminary and found that most of the preachers, even the Baptist preachers in New York, were not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Finally, he went over to the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. And there he found community and music like he had never heard before. And that shaped his soul so that he knew how important it was for people to live life together. And here's what he learned. He said, Christians talk a lot, but we don't listen very well. And if we don't learn to listen to each other pretty soon, we don't listen to God either. And even in our prayer, we're always prattling, always talking, but never listening. To pray for each other, we have to live life together. We have to listen to each other so that we can know about each other. We can imagine the Ephesians listening to Tychicus tell about Paul's story, chained to a Roman soldier. It's hard to imagine Paul being intimidated by anybody. But here he is saying, pray that I'll be fearless Not once, but twice. In verses 19 and 20, pray that I'll be fearless. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be bold. Something is um, causing Paul to be afraid. And it takes some transparency, some trust on his part to even share that story. Why don't we share our story with each other? I read in an article years ago, a person said, if I had a real problem... I don't know who I would tell, but I know who I wouldn't tell. I wouldn't tell my church. 
because I can't trust those people with any kind of truth about my life. I'm afraid of what they will do with it. It's our fear that makes us fake. So we pretend not to have trouble. After 30 years of being a pastor, here's my observation. There are three kinds of people in the church. Which category do you fall in? There are those who have had trouble in their life. There are those who are having trouble in their lives. And there are those who will have trouble in their lives. No sense pretending. What did Ken Miedema sing? If this is not a place where my heart cry can be understood, tell me where will I go to cry. And we rejoice sometimes with those who rejoice. That's hard for some of us to rejoice when somebody else is rejoicing, just to be honest. And we weep with those who weep. We've been doing a lot of that lately as well. And to pray for each other, we have to know each other. And when we know each other, not only can we pray for each other, but we can encourage each other. So Paul says, and look in verses 21 and 22, he says, I'm sending Tychius to you. He says, I want you to know him because you may not remember him. Some of you may have joined the church after he left. So here's what I want you to know about Tychicus. He's a dear brother. Really, that is agapetas, beloved brother. This brother is loved. Remember from the very beginning of this letter. Remember the book of Revelation at the very beginning. We were studying that in our heaven study. What we know about the people of God is that we are loved. I don't, I'm not saying that we're always loving, but we are always loved by God. And the very fact that we are loved by God ought to make us more willing to love each other. I am loved. I am loved. I can risk loving you. For the one who knows me best loves me most. This is our God who has loved us and who calls us to love each other. And I was wondering if you love all the Christians. It's easy to get selective, isn't it? But this is the characteristic of the church that we liberally and literally and lavishly love each other. This beloved brother is a member of the family. He's also a faithful servant. Paul has watched this person, Tychicus, and knows that he's trustworthy, that he can trust him to take the letter to the Ephesians, to the Ephesians, that he can take the letter to the Colossians, to the Colossians. He can trust him. He is, he is faithful. He is trustworthy, like the one we read about in Revelation, who is faithful and true. Tychicus is becoming like Christ. And when I saw this faithful servant, the word is diakonos, servant. I don't know if he was ordained as a deacon. I'm pretty sure Broadman wasn't printing ordination certificates back then, but, but Tychicus was a deacon. And by the way, you don't have to be ordained to be a, a servant, to be a deacon. You just have to have a heart to serve. And Tychicus had that kind of heart. He was a servant. And when I read this this week, the first person that came to my mind, who comes to your mind when you think faithful servant in the house of God? I was thinking about when we used to have four services um, on Sunday morning, and I would start out in our old worship center, and I would preach. Remember that? The first part of that? Some of you were in there, that first part of that service. And then I would walk across the grass, because I didn't have time to go all the way around. And I would walk across the grass over there to preach a second time in that same hour. And every time I walked across there, Larry Bailey would meet me with a coat hanger in hand. And he would take my jacket because the service in the gym was supposedly more informal. I'm not sure taking off my jacket made me informal. But anyway, I, but I, that was my policy and I took off my jacket. And Larry Bailey was always there with a smile and a pat on the back. And when I finished preaching, after I had spoken to all the people that I had a chance to talk to, as I was walking out, he was always there with that coat hanger. I went to visit him in MD Anderson this week. 
and uh, pray for him. He's, uh, he's fighting a, a courageous battle right now. He's been fighting it for a while, as you know. And he was just faithful. He was always there. You see what I mean? He was a servant, um, an unsung hero. You didn't, you didn't know about him. There are unsung heroes in all of our lives, people who are just always there. Maybe it was a, a grandparent. Maybe it was a faithful parent. Maybe it was a friend who was just always there for you. Here's what I want you to do this week. Would you do this for me? Would you do what I did this week? I just took some time and sat down with a piece of paper. It was actually in my journal. And I just wrote down the names of the unsung heroes who have ministered to me along the way. Alvin Mark at my first church that I served when I was a teenager, Pleasant Grove Baptist Church, he was always there on the cold mornings turning on the space heaters so that the house of God would be warm for the people who were coming in from the cold. Lonnie Watson, who... uh, was my first deacon at Williams Creek Baptist Church who would break into my house periodically when I would lock myself out. I, I appreciated Lonnie. He was good. I, I never asked him how he acquired that talent, but he could always, he could always get in. Uh, amazing servant of God. You know people like that. Write them down. Here's what I want you to do with, with that list once you write it down. I want you to pray for those people. If they've already gone on to be with the Lord, then just give thanks for them. But if they're still alive, you pray for them and then take the time to write them a note and encourage them. Paul said, I, I'm sending Tychicus for this very purpose. See, his Tychicus activity flows out of his identity. He's a faithful servant. He's beloved brother. Colossians 4, 7, and 8, almost exactly the same, says he's a fellow servant. This is the one whose identity shapes his activity. What does he do? He encourages. He, Paul says, I want you to pray for me to have courage. And by the way, I'm sending Tychicus and he's going to put courage in you. He's going to encourage you because what Paul knows is what the Ephesians and the people at Tallow would need to know that none of us can do it alone. We need somebody to, this is the Greek word for encourager, come alongside. We need somebody to come alongside us and encourage us. And you've had those people in your life. Now I'm asking you to be those people who encourage others. In Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, he tells about um, Christopher Longin, this young man who had 195 IQ. That's 45 points better than Einstein. This young man who would study for his language exams by skimming the book for two or three minutes and then go in and ace the test. He had a 1600 on his SAT. He was accepted at Harvard and Princeton and Yale and all the great universities in our country. And, and he ended up working as a laborer on a horse farm in Missouri. And, and Malcolm Gladwell, in interviewing him, said, why did you, with the mind that you have, end up doing something that really you never wanted to do? And he said, I never had anybody to help me. Nobody. Not superstars, not even geniuses, not even apostles can make it alone. You need a Tychicus in your life, or you need to be a Tychicus, and the person who finds that will find in you somebody who prays for them, somebody who encourages them so that they will have courage 
And they will have clarity. Philip Yancey tells the story in his most recent book about some American young people who went in a choir, not unlike Tallowood's choir. They went over to Afghanistan, of all places, to have a concert in Kabul. And their leader said, be careful what you say. I want you to carefully script your message because you can not only end up in jail yourself, but you can jeopardize the lives of all the Christians in this Muslim country if you say the wrong thing. And sure enough, in the middle of the concert, one of the young men laid his script aside and said, can I just put this aside? He's talking to a thousand people in a room in Afghanistan. He says, I want to tell you about my best friend who is Jesus Christ. And right then, Lynn, their leader, began to panic. He was, he was waving his hands on the side of the stage. Don't go there, don't go there. But the young man told a beautiful story, a courageous story about what Christ had done in his life. And at the end, the minister from the government who was there, who controlled media in the country, came up on the platform. They fully expected to be thrown in jail. He took the microphone. He said, we had a lot of American kids come through here. A lot of them looked like hippies. A lot of them were here for drugs. But our, our country needs to hear the story of God's love that we've heard today. We're going to put you on the radio. We invite you to stay longer. We want you to go all over Afghanistan and share this same message and sing this same song. And after weeks there, this is back in the 1970s, people were accepting Christ in Afghanistan back in the 1970s. A, a missionary there named J. Christie Wilson took all of these American young people to a cemetery and showed them some tombstones unlikely tourist spot of a person who had been a missionary there for 30 years and was buried there. Another family had been missionaries there for 25 years. He said the man who was here for 30 years never had a single convert. The man who was here for 25 years, he and his family died here, baptized one person in 25 years. He said, I've been here for 22 years. Look, the first person just moved rocks for 30 years. The second person just dug furrows for 25 years. The third person just planted seeds for 22 years. And you kids come and you get to bring in the harvest. Look, we listen about the Apostle Paul and about the rocks that he moved and Tychicus and the furrows that he dug and the great missionaries through the ages who planted the seeds. But I'm praying that you and I will get to be the ones who bring in the harvest. And when we do, we will know that we did not do it alone. We will know what the psalmist said. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory because of your love and your faithfulness. So when you're involved with global media outreach, you always thought you were supposed to be a missionary. Here's your chance. People around the world, technology is neutral. But the gospel is good because our God is good and he can use this media to change the lives of people. Don't you want to be a part of that? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence in this place, for your amazing grace and mercy and love. Lord, our lives are better and richer and fuller because you have been good to us. So help us, I pray today, to be faithful for the sake of those who have gotten lost along the way. Father, those who have been bruised and battered by life who need you and help us to be the church that you have called us to be by your grace, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.